This week's parsha is a double parsha, Nitzavim and Vayelech. And there's a pasuk in the parsha that says, the end of parsha's Nitzavim, Re'ei nasati lefanecha hayayim, see that I have given you today, es hachayim es life and goodness, v'es hamaves v'es hara. And there's a concept of death, and there's a concept of evil. What is the Torah saying? The Torah is saying that there's two paths in life. There's two ways of approaching life. There's the Derech There's the way that the Torah wants us to live. To serve Hashem, to be close to Hashem, to be a good friend, be a good son, be a good parent. To live a good, happy, clean life. That's Chayim and that's Taiv. There's another way of approaching life, and that's not following the Torah. That's living a life that rejects the Torah's values. And it seems very geschmack, by the way. That approach to life seems a lot more fun to not listen to the Torah, to not do mitzvahs, to be on my own, and to be able to do anything and everything that I want. But the Torah is saying that that's not good. That's the path of Mavis and Ra. It's the path of death. It's destruction. It's going to lead to no good. It's a dead end. Because this path is not so clear, this Derech because these decisions that we have to make with our lives, what are we going to do? How are we going to live our lives? It's difficult. If it was clear, if it was the approach to the Derech was crystal clear, then like the Mesosi Sharm says, there would be, it would be game over. Everybody would just be very good, tzaddikim, doing mitzvahs, and, and shuckling by davening, coming to davening. There would be no, we'd have Eilam Haba easy. That's not the way Hashem designed the world. Hashem designed the world that there are nisyanis, and there is a Bechira Chavshis. You have to choose right from wrong and good from bad. And this is a decision that we have to make. Re'ei nasati you have to choose life. You have to choose the good direction. The problem is that it's very difficult to choose that direction because we don't always feel that it's the right direction. Sometimes we feel that I'd rather not do this. I'd rather choose a more carefree life. I'd rather live a life like, you know, Hollywood presents it. With precocile and with hailus and with and, and, and the approach of Tyra and Mitzvah, while I know in a sense it's good, but I don't know if I see it as good. I don't know if I always see it as like the easy thing and the Geschmacka thing and the right thing. I conceptually, intellectually, yes, but but Lamaisa, no. So how do we understand this? What do we do about this? If we are 
always faced with this challenge of making this choice. So how do we ultimately choose and live a life that's the right life, that's the, the Chaim life and the Taiv life? And I think the first word in this Pasuk really is, is the key word to unlocking the secret of everything in life. Re'eh. Re'eh means that you have to see things in a certain way. You know, in modern psychology, there's a concept that I'm a big chassid of, and I want to speak about it a little bit today. I don't think it's modern, I don't think it's a modern chiddish, just the way the terminology and the, and the approach, I think, is new, but it's, this is really age-old. There's a concept called reframing. <clears throat> what does reframing mean? Reframing means that you have to sometimes reconceptualize a problem or a negative thought by seeing it from a different perspective. If we are stuck in the mud of a perception that we have of something, then our life is going to be doom and gloom. Because I always perceive something as being the way I perceive it. I could see davening as being boring, or I could change my focus, reframe it, and see it as being exciting, speaking to Hashem, get a passion for it, learning more about it, understanding the words of davening. And if we're able to do that, then just by reframing, just by taking a picture of davening from a different angle, suddenly davening could go from something that I really don't enjoy, I don't like, to something that I look forward to. I remember there was a period in my own life that I, I like craved davening. I was like waiting for mincha, I was waiting for myruv. Why? Because it was a time that I needed Hashem for something. I was maybe, you know, dealing with a lot of issues, and I wanted to daven. I didn't need to daven. Oh, it's okay. It's mincha time. I gotta go. I gotta go daven mincha. I was like, I needed to daven mincha. And if a person could have that idea that, like, I need to daven mincha, then that's a whole different davening. I read once about Revolbi, That Revolbi always daven like an early mincha. Like when yeshivas daven mincha, they daven like right in the middle of the day. You have a choice. You could daven mincha by shkia, by, by plag, whenever. But, you know, he always wanted daven early mincha. Like if he'd, if he'd missed the yeshiva minion, it would almost be like he was upset that he missed mincha. What do you mean miss mincha? Go to, go to, go to a minion factory and daven mincha at five or six o'clock in the afternoon, in the evening. He said, you don't understand. He says... Mincha for me is like, I need it. I can't, like, I, I, I can't get that far in the day without davening. I need to reconnect to HaKadosh Baruch It's like, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're driving a car and you're, you, know, you need gas, the gas tank is empty, you have to go to a gas station and fill it up. If you keep on going, 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 it's like a scary thing. I don't know if I'm going to run out of gas. If a person looks at davening as it's a boring routine that I have no feeling in, then... The rest of your life, you're going to be bored to death davening. If you could just reframe it, it's not boring. It's Hashem gives me the opportunity. I could talk to Hashem. Hashem gives me the chance to talk to Him, to connect to Him, to feel Him a little bit throughout the day, to be able to ask all my bakashas of Him. 
It's a different davening. It's not a different davening. It's davening. Learning is the same way. You could look at learning, and I hear this every day, and you know that I hear this every day because I say it to you every day how people come to me. You know, and maybe I should stop talking so much. But like, Kimat every day. Maybe I'm inviting, I'm open, I'm, I'm, you know, you know I'm, I'm opening up, you know, a can of worms by saying it. People are talking, you know, scratching and saying taco. But, you know, people don't enjoy learning. And it is difficult to learn. It's no question about it. Sometimes it's very hard to learn. But you can look at it as being like a chore, or you can look at it, wow, I'm learning the Abish there's Taira. I have the opportunity to do what, what previous generations would, could only dream about. I get to go to yeshiva. I'm not going through war. I'm not in a holler, I'm not in a concentration camp. I'm not in, in you know in some in communist Russia. I, I, I get to learn freely, openly. I could I could. This is unbelievable. I have a chavrusa. I have a rebbe. I have a shir. I have a yeshiva. I have a mashkiach. I have a college in the building. I don't have to go out into the you know and and fight traffic to get to some you know college somewhere like. But sometimes we don't see it that way. Sometimes we're, we're so prone to like looking at everything negatively and like down and having this perpetual cloud over our head that we are our own worst enemy and we make our lives so miserable. We hang like a, a, a million pounds of bricks around our, around our neck and we walk around with like a, a bad posture, but it's because of us. We could take that shackle off of our necks. We could break it. We could... We could be free of all the negativity that we have. But it's a choice that we make. We can't blame this on other people. You could go through life and say, you know, it's my parents' fault, my Rebbe's fault, my, my you know, the, uh, I don't know, you know, my counselor in camp's fault, and my, uh, you know, when I was a little baby, my babysitter screamed at me. We could go through our whole life and have tinnitus galore and be down and miserable and, and negative, and that's one way of doing it. Or we could be re'e. We could just reframe everything and say, okay, maybe it's true. I came from a very challenging background. Maybe everything was not perfect in my life and I have a lot of things that I need to, to work on. And, that's, and this is not a substitute for, you know, for going through the work, the psychological work that people need. And many people need to, you know, to speak this over with therapists and psychologists, psychiatrists. I don't mean to like, you know, say, eh, this is the easy, you don't need anything. Obviously, there's a lot of things that people need to iron out in their life. This is not trying to, to circumvent that. I'm talking about, you know, within the range of, of regular, you know, normal behavior and normal going forward in life. Maybe as a supplement, you know, you need special people to talk to, professionals, rabbeim. That's all fine. That's good. But just as a starting point, perhaps, of creating a brand new life for ourselves and, 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 and breaking the old cycle, the old habit of being perpetually negative about everything and down about everything and looking at everything as the glass always being half empty instead of half full. By reframing things, we could see it as half full like this in a snap. It's just a matter of re'eh. The Abish is just telling us, just look at it as Chaim and, and Taiv. And stop looking at it as, as Mabas and Ra. And when you could do that, you're going to choose life, obviously. Because it's Geshmak. 
it is geschmack to be a year, it is geschmack to daven, it is geschmack to learn. But we have so many things that cloud our brains, negativity and, and, and associations that we have with certain things that allow us to get ourselves down. This isn't somebody else like telling us to be down. Most of the time it's ourselves that are getting ourselves down. And we have the, and, and perhaps only us, I can give a shmooz from today till tomorrow to you. And I can give it to myself. But until I actually just make a conscious effort and you make a conscious effort to say, he's right, let's stop with this negativity. Let's, let's, let's take out like the proverbial Windex and wash off our brain and wash off our eyes and make our, our whole perception on life positive. Chayim and Taiv instead of Mavis and Ra, then Uvacharta Bachayim. I saw a great story from, about Rapam once. It's such a, it's so typical Rapam. Rapam was a, such a positive person. Everything was positive by Rapam. And he was speaking to a Talmud, and a Talmud was going out with a girl, and she was a great girl, a nice family, you know, great Midas, Alan Milas. But there was one thing about her. She was very, very talkative. And this, I guess the, the Talmud liked her, but, you know, it was, it, was like, it was like getting annoying. Like she was like talking and talking and talking and yapping and yapping, gabbing and gabbing, and, you know, it was making mulam sugar. So he went to her palm, and he said to her palm, like, you know, what should I do? I like her. She's a nice girl, nice family. I think she, you know, she's, she's machshav tire. I think she'd make a good wife. She just is so, like, talkative. I just want, like, st- like, stop. Where's, like, the off button? So he said, he said, let's reframe it. Let's take out the word talkative and chatty and, and you know, and, and gabby, and let's replace it with dynamic. Don't look at her as, a, as talkative and chat, you know, as a constant, like, talkaholic. She's a dynamic girl. She has chiyaster. She's a lebedika girl. She's alive. She likes talking. She likes sharing. And as soon as he did that, boom, like there was, uh, you know, the lights went on in his brain and, he, and, and then everything was able to proceed in a beautiful way. But all because Rapam had the brilliance of just finding the right word to reframe it. You stop looking at something in a negative light you change your perception of something, and perception is everything. We know that. Madison Avenue, advertisers know that. Everything is about how you perceive something. If you perceive something as being negative, as being cheap, as being flimsy, you don't want it. If I could run ads and I could tell you that, you know, that, I don't know, that Volvos are safe. I don't know, are they much safer than, you know, than other cars? Love Dafka. But when I was a kid, all the ads on TV were, Volvo is the safe car. It's safe. And so when a parent is buying a car for their child, or when uh, we buy a car for ourselves and we have children in the car, you want to get a Volvo because a Volvo is a safe car. They put it in our mind that it's safe. If I had a perception of Volvo that it's a cheap piece of garbage, the car, then I wouldn't want to buy it. But now I have this perception of that it's safe. Madison Avenue gets that perception is everything. It's just a matter of perceiving. We have to be Madison Avenue. We have to be marketing agents for ourselves. We have to market everything that we see that we know is good, and we have to put it in the best light. Davening is geschmack. Taira is geschmack. Mitzvahs, Yantiv, Shabbos. 
There are people that live for these things, and then there are people that are not down for it. I'm not down for Shabbos. I don't like Shabbos. I can't use my phone. I can't do this. I can't do that. Because you're looking at, at Shabbos as, as, as yourself in handcuffs. You're being restrained. And that's one way to look at it. Of course, everybody could look at it that way. Or you could look at it, thank God that I have 24 hours of my week that I don't have to look at my texts. I don't have to look at my WhatsApp. I don't have to look at my Facebook and my Instagram. I don't have to you know, look at the news and get bombarded by, by, you know, by, by notifications day and night and by bills. And, by, and I could just live with the Rabbi Shalom. I could live with my family. I could talk to my kids for once a week. Shabbos is the most beautiful thing in the world, but it's only beautiful for the people that see it as beautiful. And if you don't, then reframe it. A, take out your, your new glasses, and instead of looking at it as like a bad thing, look at it as a good thing, and you'll join then the members of Kali Yisrael that live for Shabbos, and that look forward to Shabbos, and that everything is Shabbos. I once took a marketing class back in the day, like Marketing 101, and I remember the professor gave the following mushal to speak about the power of perception and the power of marketing. And he said the following. It, it made a reshim on me for now 30 years, I guess. And he said like this, said, there was once upon a time, uh, there was a shoe company. And they said, I think this is a famous story maybe, but maybe not. And he sent... Um, they sent like a salesperson to this island, this like island with natives living on the island um, to sell shoes on the island. They're looking for new, new, new territory to conquer. They want more market share. So they already saturated the American market and the European market. They need a new market. So they found like this, you know, uncivilized place in who knows where and send a killer salesperson there. And the salesperson, you know, stays there a couple of days, sizes up the, the terrain, and he, he sends back a message to, to the company that he works for. There's no, you know, no business here. All the natives walk around barefoot. And he comes home, and that's it. They send another sales agent to the, to the, same, desert, to the same island, and he sends back a message to the company boss, and he says, this is an amazing opportunity. Send thousands of pairs of shoes. Nobody here wears shoes on this island. These are two salespeople that went to the same exact place, and they both had completely different perceptions of the reality. One was immediately looking at it negatively. There's nothing to do here. Look, this is the way it is. This is the way it always will be. And was, no, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. I could sell shoes because everybody needs shoes. Let me introduce this to people. This is what we have to do for ourselves. You have to choose life for yourself. It's a choice that you will make. No one will make it for you. This is what Bechira is all about. This is what maturity is all about. This is what life is all about. There are two types of people in life, and we know this. There are types of people that are always happy and always positive, and they're always a pleasure to be around. And they're great roommates. You know, they're always, can I help you? I'm going shopping. Can I bring you something? 
and when you're sick, they're going to be the first ones to bring back your, your food for lunch and for supper. And they're the ones that are going to be walking with you and talking with you. And you're the, they're the ones that you always want to be around. And then there are people in life that they're always down and everything is negative and everything is ach. And those are the people that you don't want anything to do with because they just poison the air every single time. Is there a difference between A and B? There's really no difference. They may have grown up in the same neighborhood with the same type of religious background, the same type of parents, the same demographics, the same financial. It doesn't matter. It's just a choice. One person made a choice to live a happy life, to see everything positive, smile, laugh, share, be pleasant. And the other person decided, no, I want to be down on everything. I want to look at everything bad. I have come home from Chasnas, and I say this all the time. You know, I've been to like, in my life, I've been to regular Chasnas, like I've been to middle Chasnas, and I've been to multi-million dollar Chasnas, literally. I, I could describe for you, you know, for a half an hour what that Chasna consisted of. It was in the fanciest hotel in Manhattan. It had not like one singer. It had Avram Fried, Shwaki, Mordechai ben David. Av- you know the you know the entire roster of every Jewish singer. You know you name it. He was there, and a 30, 40, 50 piece orchestra on the background, and they were serving wine and the fanciest meats and the fan everything, and you know it was very like dazzling. I come home in the car with we we drove home another couple, and and the the other couple was saying. Could you believe those steaks were impossible to chew? Couldn't chew that steak. And what was up with that? I mean, they paid so much money for the chasma. You know, the steaks were not good. The, ch- the chuppah was running late. You know, and the, you know, the, the service was horrible. I said, what are you talking about? These people, I'm not saying that it's good to make a million. It's very bad, and that's a whole nother schmooze. But, 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 like, what is your problem? You had a whole night of being wined and dined and every, you know, a feast for the eyes, a feast for the mouth, a feast for the palate, a feast for everything. And that's what you took away from it? Are you crazy? The answer is that they made a choice to be negative. Other people would say, I've never seen a chasna. Beautiful. You know, personally, I prefer chasnas that are like minimal chasnas. I was once, and this is an extreme, and I had a, I, you know, there was once a chasna, I had a friend who got married in a city, a small city in Maine, in the middle of the winter, and to a girl, it was literally a one pony, one horse town, it was like a little city, I had to draw, I had to take a, a, the, a shuttle to Boston, and then a one, you know, like a, this little plane, I thought I was going to drop out of the sky, you know, from Boston to this little city somewhere in, in Maine, then I had to go through the snow, and it was in a little shul, like a shtibel of a shul. The main course was, I think it was like a piece of, a little piece of corned beef and potato chips on the side. There was no schmorg, there was no, uh, there was no schnapps, there was no nothing. It was literally, they probably paid for the chasna, like, you know, maybe $1,000 for everything. And I think it was probably the nicest chasna I was ever at, because there was good spirit, there was happiness, people were, you know... It was, I could have said, oh my gosh, you, you, you never want to get married like that. I was very happy. I was so happy. It was a beautiful chasna. I walked away like inspired. 
you have a choice. Everything that you do in your life, you will always have a choice to see things as being good or seeing things as bad, and that's totally up to you. Don't blame it on anybody. Do not blame it on anybody because, yes, there have been people in our lives that perhaps made our life very difficult and were scarred and that Rebbe should never have said that to me in fifth grade and that parent should never have done that to me when I was, uh, you know, bar mitzvah and this parent. I know, it's true. We all have that and we could be scarred for life and we could, and we have to deal with that. Again, I'm not trying to, you know, wave my magic wand to make all our problems go away. Obviously, that's impossible. And I would never attempt to do that. And it would be, it would be just a band-aid anyway. I'm not talking about extreme circumstances. But I'm talking about a basic approach going forward. Beyond everything else that you need to do personally. But a basic approach just to be able to wake up in the morning and go forward and get married and have a family and have a career. And, 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 go and do this every single day. If you're going to be positive, you will fly through life. It's not going to necessarily be easy life. There will always be challenges in life. But at least you will be able, and you have to marry a girl that also is this way. If you marry a girl that's beautiful, but she's negative and she's down and she's depressed, then good luck to you. It's going to be an albatross around you. You will never be able to be happy. You have to find a girl that's willing to be happy with everything and everything and appreciate whatever you're doing for her. But you have to appreciate what you're doing for yourself. And you have to understand the blessings that you have, the chayim and the taiv that you have. Not to say that everything is perfect. It's not. Right now in this room, we could each write a book about what's not perfect about our life. But Afal Pekin, first of all, could always be worse. And even if it can't be worse, I have the ability to make a decision right here and right now that I want to be the positive person in the room. I want to always look at the glasses being half full and I always want to reframe, re'e, see things as being geschmack in life, see the beauty of your life, see the blessing in your life. Hashem gave us eyes. Baruch Hashem, we're able to see that itself is a great blessing, is the greatest of blessings. And we could walk and we could talk and we have brains that work. We're not vegetables, Baruch Hashem. We're able to walk and, and process things and be logical and be clear and, and have conversation and, and, and be able to see the world around us, the beauty of the world, and appreciate that we're Klal Yisrael. We're Zaycha, not just to be human beings, which is a Milo, but we're Klal Yisrael. We're not just Klal Yisrael, we're B'nai Taira. We're not just B'nai Taira, but we're B'nai Taira of the highest caliber. We're learning Rishonim, we're learning Achreinim, we're learning Amirahim, Tanoim, we're learning the Teres Hashem. How many people in the universe would die for this if they knew what it was? We quoted last night the Arachayim HaKadosh from last week's parasha, that if a person would really understand how beautiful and Gishmak, how Arevim the Teres is, how you would go crazy to attain the Teres if you knew how Gishmak it really was. And we have this every day. And we walk around upset. We walk around depressed. We don't get out of bed for davening, slichas, seder. We don't come to vadim. We don't come to shmud. We don't come to shir klali. We don't come to rabbi shir. Are we crazy? We don't stay in yeshiva for Shabbos. We don't stay for Rosh Hashanah Kippur. Hello? Like, why? Take yourself by the lapel and chop the bracha in your life and understand that this window of opportunity is not going to be forever. 
You know how many Talmidim I have that they graduated from Lander College and they, they call me, they write me, they text me, say, Rabbi, I want to come back to Yeshiva. But I'm married and I need a job and I live elsewhere and I this and I that and I want to come back to Yeshiva. I miss it. And I regret that I didn't come to Yeshiva. I'm listening to your Shmuzin now, but I'm, I regret that I didn't come to your Shmuzin so much when I was in Yeshiva. I was too lazy. I was sleeping Friday. I went home Thursday night. Whose decision was that? How many times by orientation did I have to tell you that you should come to the Vad and you should come to the Shmuz and be part of Yeshiva, all of that, and the next day, like an Etch-a-Sketch, everybody shook it and they got a Messiah that they don't need to do this, and brand new screen, brand new, it's fine, I, I know now what I have to do. I feel bad for those people. And I feel so happy for everyone here because you get it. And the bracha or the klala in life is up to one person in the entire universe. Don't blame it on anybody else. It's up to you. It's a decision that we make every day when we wake up in the morning. We say, Maida'ani, I want this day to be a geshmaka day. I want this day, I, wanna, I, I don't want to be tired, and I, don't want, I have an excuse to be tired. I don't want to be tired. I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to be bored. I don't want to be, be, be depressed. I want to be happy. I want to be a go-getter. I want to hop. I want to I absorb. And then I want to go to sleep at night knowing that I put in a full day and I squeezed every single thing out of the day. That's what I want. And we could all do this. Oh, not only, it's not an option. It shouldn't be an option. I'm making it out like you could do it and it's a good idea. It's not a good idea. It's life. It's life itself. It's the secret to happiness in life. It's just mere appreciation. You know who the depressed people in lives are, the people that are never happy? It's the Instagram people. It's the people that are on these stupid social media platforms every day and they're just, they're just, they're just scrolling up all day or scrolling down and they're looking at what? They're looking at people partying and they're going to clubs and they went to the Yishai Rebo concert and they went to you know, this and that and they're just like depressed because look at what I didn't do in life. Look at what I'm not doing with my life. You know, woe is me. My life is such, you know, so pathetic and I'm such a loser. And look at what every... Stop looking at those stupid websites, Instagram, Facebook, Luminehem, whatever it is. Stop. Turn it off, throw it out, chuck it, take a hammer to it. If you go to... If you think I'm, if you think I'm joking, you go to the, to, to the base Eilam in Muncie, which I tell you to go to. There's a base island in Muncie. You, you don't have to go to Eretz Yisrael for Kvar. You don't have to go to Europe. You don't have to go to Karastir and, and Lijansk. You go to a place, and you can go even closer, but if you want to go somewhere that you feel Eretz Yisraeldic, you go to a place in Muncie, put in ways, Vizhnitzer Beis HaChayim. Vizhnitzer Beis HaChayim. And just take your car there. You go in. You'll daven by the Ribnitzer Rebbe's Kevin. There's always going to be minyanim of people davening there, crying there. You'll feel Eretz Yisrael. You'll feel Kedusha. And then you walk a few steps further and you go to a, a kever of the, the Skolena Rebbe's. There are two Skolena Rebbe's that are buried there. And the second Skolena Rebbe was very anti-internet and anti-social media and anti, because he knew all this with his Ruch HaKadosh. He was the one together with the Matisseo Solomon that made, that made the internet asifa back in the day to protest and to, be, to, to, to make a public awareness about the dangers of the internet. And if you go there, you'll find that in the kever itself, and there's like a lucite box behind the kvarim, people take their iPhones, their iPads, their i-whatevers, 
and they smash them and they put them in the kever. As a schooler. And the Rebbe is no doubt going to daven for you and, 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 and help you with all the union in life. I'm not saying you have to do this. But in terms of shutting down our daily feed of garbage, that this, compar- this comparison, when we compare our lives to others, comparison is the thief of happiness. That's not my quote. That's a quote. Comparison is the thief of happiness. You want to know why you're not happy? Because you're always comparing yourself to other people. Look at them. They went on a honeymoon. I didn't get to go to on, honey, on a honeymoon. Look at them. They, you know, this guy you know, has, is driving a new car. I don't have a car. Look at him. He, you know, he's on the meal plan. I'm not on the meal plan. He's, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's smarter. He gets every, every sheer in a second. Then I have to work harder. We're always looking at other people. We're always comparing ourselves. We're always falling short. And we don't look at what we... Why don't you compare yourself to people that are less than you? Compare yourself to people that are not zeichet to be in yeshiva. Compare yourself to people that are lower than you in terms of intellect, in terms of strength, in terms of prowess, in terms of talent. Look at the people that are lower and say, thank God, look at what you gave me. Look at what I do have. Stop comparing yourself to people that seemingly have more. And by the way, those people that have more, don't fool yourself for a second. They're not happier. If they were so happy, they wouldn't need to show off to the world what they're doing. People that are really comfortable in their own skin are able to experience things without having to T4 and show it off to the world. Because they're happy. Baruch Hashem, this is great. My life is amazing. Why do I have to show? You ever wonder, like, why are these people putting it on social media? Why are they, when they go to dinner, all of a sudden they're taking a selfie with their steak? You know why they're doing it? Because they can't enjoy anything. They have no more enjoyment in life. So they have to share. They have to make you jealous. But don't think for a second that they're really happy. This is all, it's new, this concept maybe of reframing, but it's old. It's a pasuk in the parasha, Re'eh, Nasati lefanecha hayayim es hachayim es hataiv, ve'asamabes es hara, uvacharta bachayim. Re'eh, just look at things, l'man Hashem, the bracha and the klala, is all in your hands. You're waiting to succeed, you're waiting to fail, no. Your success and your failure is all in your brain, it's all in your eyes, it's all in your heart, and it could start right this second. Just flick the switch. See things as positive. Experience bracha now, in the here and now. Don't wait. Okay, when I get married, that's when I'm going to be happy. When I have kids, that's when I'm going to When I get my job, when I get my first million, when I get my car, when I get my boat, get my plane, that's when I'm going to be happy. But right now, I'm just like, no. Every day that you're breathing, that you're alive, that, you're, that you have mishpacha, and that you have friends, and you have rabbeim, and you have a yeshiva, and you have your gemara, you have your kaivitz, you have... It doesn't get better than this, Rabbi Say. I promise you, it doesn't get better than this today. It doesn't. Don't wait till the next stage of life for happiness because you're not going to be happy then either. Because it's all always going to be about this decision, this conscious decision that you have to make to be happy. When I come home, and sometimes my days are very long and very hard and very tiring and very frustrating... I come home, I don't want to bring that poisoned air into the house. So I stop, and before I come into the house, I try to like cleanse my mind and cleanse my brain of all of that and try to come in happy. I'm not saying it always works, because people could see through it sometimes, but I try to say, Rabbi Bamberger, be happy. Be happy. Baruch Hashem, you have a house to go into, you have a family to go into, you have a yeshiva, you have a job, you have parnasa, you have 
Could things be better? Obviously, always could be better, but maybe not. Maybe it can't. Maybe Hashem custom tailored a life exactly what I need right now. Maybe I'm making exactly the amount of money that I'm supposed to be making, and maybe my kids are exactly the way they're supposed to be. Maybe my wife is exactly. I'm, I'm the, maybe everything is exactly right because it is. The only thing that's missing in my life is not because I need an extra, you know, this or an extra that. I just need myself to open my eyes and to be able to appreciate the life that Hashem gave me. The good, the bad, the ugly, but all as a composite, it's so good. Just the fact that we're alive. There's psukim about this in Kaihelis. That the fact that you're alive itself is the greatest bracha. Even if you would be suffering Yisurei Iyev, Chazal tell us. Iyev had terrible Yisurim. No one suffered more in the universe than Iyev. But Chazal say, even if you have Yisurei Iyev, if you're alive, you should be happy. And we don't have Yisurei Iyev, most of us. It seems like, you know, we have issues, we have problems, we have challenges. We all do. That's all part and parcel of life. But the way to deal with it is, is to be happy. To deal with it about other... You're going to say, okay, fine, that's fine for me, but other people are annoying me. Right? There are people in my life that are always like... A, a, you know, they're always, they're always problems for me. Family members, roommates, chavrusas, rabbeim, you know, people are always... My boss is not nice to me. Okay, we can control other people how they act, but we can always try to control how we react. When somebody's not nice to you, like I said before, some people are not nice, right? You know what? When people are not nice to me or they act, you know, I could get mad at them or I could say either, like the Chinuch says, you know, maybe Hashem, you know, told this guy to come over to me uh, because I need some kapara of some sort, so chalk it up to kapara if that makes you happy. Or maybe this guy is, uh, you know, who knows what he went through. Maybe, you know, he, he had a horrible childhood and he's like, you know, scarred and he like, and so he has like, like the guys on Instagram that, you know, they have issues and that's why they post, you know, so understand that about them. Like, understand that everybody has their own peckle to carry, their own load to, to schlep. But I could react well. If I react, like I'm going to go crazy at them, then you're just being them. You're just falling into that negative trap. Be happy. If, you, if you're happy when somebody is like trying to like ruin your day and you just smile, that's the greatest nakama. Because they see that you're untouchable. Once they see that you're easy to affect, they're going to keep going at you. But if they see that you're, you're happy, you're confident, that you're exuding energy that's positive, they're going to go and find another target. They're not going to hang around with you anymore. So this concept of reframing is, is perhaps the greatest secret to success and happiness and beauty in life. Re'ei nasati lufnechem ayayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is writing as Thayra. See, that I place before you today. But you have to see it. The Chaim Netaiv on one side, the Mavis and the Ra on the other side. Uvacharta b'chaim. Choose life. Choose to see. Not choose life like, okay, I'll go down a path. Both paths are before you. You just have to see that the path, that's the Derech that's good, that's the Gemara, that's Chazal, that's Tfilah, that's Abedas Hashem, that's Mitzvah, that's Hidr Mitzvah, that's that Kibbutz Aim and, and, and getting married, having a family, that's good. 
Everything about it is just saturated with bracha. But it's all a matter of re'eh. We have a choice to make, to see it as good or see it as the opposite. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is pleading with us. Just reframe, reframe, reconceptualize. Instead of looking at it as bad, just flip that switch, just put on a new pair of glasses and say, wow, I didn't see it that way. I was always looking at things bad. I see now things as great. Everyone's trying to help me. My parents, maybe they weren't perfect. Maybe they were very imperfect, but look, they, they, they got me, they, they put food on the table, they put a roof over my head, they tried their best, they were children of Holocaust survivors, or they, their parents were difficult, and they, them, they were trying. So let's give them a pass, let's try to just move on, let's reframe. Tyra, maybe I didn't always have great experiences with my learning or whatever, let's reframe, let's start now. Today's a new day, and this time of year is the greatest time to reframe because it's Rosh Hashanah. And Rosh Hashanah is a reframing of the universe. You know, there's like a reset button on the computer. You could reset it and all of a sudden the, the, the frame like renews itself, refreshes itself. That's what Rosh Hashanah is. It's a brand new world. It looks like it's the same world as yesterday, but it's not. It's Tavshin Pei Dalad world. It's a world that's brand new, that's rich and pregnant with promise and hope and, and, and blessings that we daven for in Rosh Hashanah and we hope for and we bless each other with. This is the time of year. If we're ever going to have the ability to change our perspective with, a, with new eyes and new glasses and a new framing of things, it's now. It's a time that the whole world is refreshed, which gives us the ability to have this extra siyat deshmaya, daven Hashem, Hashem, please. I know that you gave me so much bracha, just let me see it. Let me perceive it as being good. I need that help because it doesn't come naturally to me. But I know that if I could only see it, just give me the eyes to see it. And this is what Rosh Hashanah is. This is what Aser Sameh Tshuva is. This is what Slichas is all about. Coming back to the Rabbani Shalom, just please Hashem, I know how good life is. And I know that I've, I've complained to you incessantly about all the bad in life. And I want you to save me from the bad in life. But I want you also at the same time to allow me to see things as being good as being positive, as being amazing, because it really, really is. And if it's not amazing, it's, it's, it's largely because we choose to see it that way. And in Hashem, we should be zeicha to going into the Yimei HaSlicha, the Hadin, the Arachamim, with new eyes, with new perceptions, with new vistas of beauty of life, of positivity in life, of seeing people as really being fine and good and trying their best, and most of all, looking in a mirror and seeing ourselves as being the greatest person that we could be. Have a great Shabbos.